the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program Crosswalk with Gino Geraci. It is, of course, the program where we typically take your calls and answer your questions. Happy to take your calls at 303-873-1935. We talk about God and the historical Jesus. We talk about the Bible. We talk about worldviews and world religions. And again, we talk about the past, history, and we talk about the future prophecy, and sometimes we talk about current events and their seeming um, what how we are to think about what's happening in the current in light of what the Bible has said. And so there's lots going on in the news. At the top of the news, of course, is this issue of the Ukraine. And as many of you know that um, the stock market dropped precipitously and had a little mild recovery today. But um, many news outlets are reporting that the current administration has ordered the families of American personnel at the United States Embassy in Ukraine to immediately leave the country. There's also travel alerts that has basically warned every United States citizen in that country uh, to evacuate. U.S. military forces um, are on high alert. Some have suggested that troops are going to be deployed to Eastern Europe, and um, other people have suggested that the President of the United States has been briefed on various options of how to respond in the event that Vladimir Putin's Russia's aggressive stance in Eastern Europe continues to escalate. And of course, the president was at Camp David yesterday. And at that point was considering three to 5,000 troops to Romania and Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, as part of a broader NATO effort to reinforce Eastern European presence. Um, but again, this brings up a question that has been asked over and over again, and that is the question about, well, what does all of this mean? I mean, there's there's several different ways to think about what's going on. Um, historically, what's going on in Ukraine. Um, historically, how Ukraine was a part of the former Soviet Union. Historically, when the former, former Soviet Union collapsed and Ukraine um, managed a, a semblance of self-sufficiency. Now, that doesn't mean since 1992 that Ukraine has been free from problems, uh, cold wars and hot wars. So lots and lots could happen. But it made me think about a much broader issue in the Bible. And the broader issue, of course, is what Jesus said in Matthew 
24, verse 3, when he was on the Mount of Olives and he was briefing his own disciples who came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? And part of the response that Jesus gives is something that's going to be well known to most of you. And that is, Jesus says in verse 6, he says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. So if we ask and we answer the question, since Jesus spoke those words almost 2,000 years ago, have there been wars? Yes, numerous. Rumors of war, numerous. And he said, see that you're not alarmed. In other words, the presence or the absence of a hot or a cold war, does this mean, oh, we should get ready for the big one? Well, the way that I would answer that question is I would I would take you back in time and space. We don't have to go back far. Um, we can go to the Civil War, and then we can go to the First World War, and we can go to the Second World War, and the Korean War, and the Vietnam, Vietnam War. And then we can fast forward and to Corona pandemic times and just ask and answer the question, are the unfolding issues that are taking place on the planet Earth changing the way we live or the plans that we make or the future that we have? And of course, because of the words of Jesus in that passage, in part, whenever there's an explosion or of conflict, especially in the Middle East, people begin to wonder if this new war is a sign of the end times. Now, again, we ask and we answer the question, is Israel continuing to have difficulty with Iran? Yeah. Is Taiwan continuing to have difficulty with China? The answer is yes. Um, does it look like Ukraine and Russia might be right on the precipice of a hot war? Possibly. So when we think about the signs of the end times, we sometimes forget the passage in Matthew 24, 6, and, and it's both in its context and then the admonition that Jesus gives, which is see that you are not alarmed, for this must take place. But the end is not yet. So understanding the statement about wars and rumors of wars was to mean that warfare, well, it is a sign of the end times. But it, 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 it's when we say war and rumors of wars to mean that warfare is a sign of the end times, in a, in a, in a very real sense, becomes sort of the exact opposite of what Jesus is intending. In other words, as Jesus is speaking, he's basically instructing his disciples to not allow the presence of wars or rumors of wars to ramp up concern because the end is not yet. Obviously, later, Jesus speaks of 
well, actually in the, in the previous verse, a false Christ. For many will come in my name, saying, I'm the Christ, and will lead many away. Famines, earthquakes. We saw an earthquake of amazing pr- proportions in Tonga that that sent a tsunami 650 miles per hour and and material into the upper atmosphere. And so, yeah, there's going to be famines, earthquakes, warning that all these things are the beginning of birth pains in Matthew 24, verse 8. And so what marks birth pains is an ever-increasing frequency and intensity during the course at the end of the pregnancy, which tells you we're getting closer and closer to a baby. So sadly, all of the things Jesus pointed to as not, quote-unquote, necessarily being signs of the end times are precisely the things most people look at as the sign of the end times. Now, this isn't to say that wars and rumors of wars, like I said, are completely disconnected, detached, unrelated to end times. When the Bible speaks of the end times, it's describing an intense warfare. But Jesus seems to, point seems to be that there's been war and there's been peace, that there will always be war and rumors of war, that these are not reliable predictors to panic. This is Gino Geraci, 303-873-1935. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. If you want to join me on the program, hey, it's 303-873-1935. 303-873-1935. And um, I know that someone uh, wrote me a note of asking me a question about some passages of Scripture. And it had to do, I think, with the... Um, events surrounding um, Saul becoming Paul. And um, he, he basically says, um, he has a question about three Bible verses from the King James or the New King James. He says, um, it's a question on, on Bible verses on Acts 9-7, Acts 22-9, and 2 Peter 1-20. Um, he, he says he's uh, inquired... Uh, from two different pastors on two different radio programs and a member from a different church, the Seventh-day Adventists. He said, all have a different view of the passage that conflict with each other. Can you help me out? I thought I understood Acts 9-7 and Acts 22-9 with each other. Well, let's look at Acts chapter 9, verse 7, where it says, and the and in Acts chapter nine verse seven it says, and the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. And the way that I would remind you about Acts chapter nine verse seven is that when you compare it with Acts chapter twenty two verse nine, and you compare it with acts um some people have, have imagined a contradiction so in 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 uh, acts chapter 22 verse 9 it says 
and those who were with me were indeed uh, indeed saw the light and were afraid but they did not hear the voice of him who spoke to me well i'm going to suggest to you that the that that the issue is fairly easily resolved when you remind yourself that the three statements have to be taken together the men heard a voice as a sound. The Greek word for sound is phone. It could be transliterated P-H-O-N-E. We get the word phone from it or sound. In other words, that's, that's the meaning of that word. But they didn't hear the actual words, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And so I'm going to suggest to you that the men heard the sound of a voice, but that they were unable to differentiate the words, and so there really is no contradiction. 303-873-1935, that's the number if you want to join me on the program. And so I hope that helps, Lawrence, 303-873-1935. And by the way, Jim, if Lawrence calls, you can say, go to our podcast at about 420 and listen to Gino's answer. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program And so I wanted to just sort of circle back to this um, issue of what's going on in the Ukraine. And uh, and again, um, I know that there are many, many people who are wondering, could this in fact result in a hot war? And the United States seems to be standing fairly firm in its commitment to – our NATO allies by sending about $200 million in military aid, about 90 tons of ammunition and anti-tank missiles. And NATO countries are also sending military help in, in, in the event that the peace talks fail. And so the United States Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said, quote, if a single additional Russian force goes into Ukraine in an aggressive way, that could trigger response from us and Europe. And so the United States State Department is urging families of diplomats in the Ukraine to leave the country, although according to a number of different news outlets, the embassy remains open. Um, They've issued what's called a level four do not travel advisory as tensions continue to increase along the Ukrainian border and become even more Volatile, According to the advisory, it says, and I quote, do not travel to Russia due to an ongoing tension along the border with Ukraine. The potential for harassment against U.S. citizens, the embassy's limited ability to assist U.S. citizens in Russia, COVID-19, related entry restrictions, terrorism, harassment by Russian government security officials, and the arbitrary enforcement of local law, unquote. And so, again, is it possible that we could wake up tomorrow and things change dramatically? It is possible. 
And like you've probably already heard, more than 100,000 Russian troops are believed to be along the Ukraine-Russian border, as well as the place where their border uh, touches with their northern neighbor, Belarus. The British government now claims that it has intelligence that Russia is plotting to install a pro-Russian leader in Ukraine. Now, again, if that intelligence report turns out to be true, then um, it might be a way of trying to have a transition without a war. The United Kingdom also says several former Ukrainian politicians have been recruited for the measure. The former, well, Russia and Vladimir Putin is calling it nonsense and disinformation. The United States Secretary of State said, quote, it's certainly possible that the diplomacy the Russians are engaged in is simply going through the motions and it won't affect their ultimate decision about whether to invade or in some way intervene or not in the Ukraine. And again, on Sunday, um, several U.S. lawmakers we're pushing for stronger sanctions and military aid to sort of deter Russia's antagonism. But I think what almost every single news outlet and observer, commentator, and the people who assess these things, most of them have said, hey, what happens next is largely up to Vladimir Putin. United States Senator Joni Ernst said, quote, we need to be very aggressive in pushing back against President Putin, whether that's in the form of sanctions as well as continuing to equip our Ukrainian friends, not only with defensive capabilities, but also offensive weapons. United States Representative Mike McCall from Texas, he's the top Republican on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, warns that the world is watching the U.S. reaction. McCall said, it's not about, it's not just about Ukraine. It's about China and Taiwan. It's about the Ayatollah and the bomb. It's about North Korea. They just fired off two missiles. So again, when we ask and we answer the question about America's ability to deal on the international fronts with Korea, with Taiwan, with China, with Russia, with Iran. Are things heating up? Well, I think that the answer is yes. And so the latest Trafalgar poll shows that nearly 85% of Americans believe the United States should have some sort of limited involvement if Russia invades Ukraine, but it's not entirely clear either from the report or what Americans mean when they say limited. This is Gino Geraci, 303-873-1935. I'll be back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. If you'd like to join me on the program, the number is 303-873-1935, 303 
873-1935. Um, I, I was on a podcast last week with uh, Jenna Ellis, who's the former attorney to uh, former President Trump. And we were talking about the big question, are we living in the end times? And um, it's interesting to me because the question was asked, well, what are the end times? And of course, I believe that the end times began after the crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In other words, that is sort of the line of demarcation. Now, some people might be thinking, wow, well, the end times has been going on for a very long time. Well, again, I think that the answer is yes, but there's a growing group of of signs that are increasing. And so the Bible prophesies of many events, and these can be categorized as natural signs and spiritual signs. Um, they can be categorized as signs of nature and signs of society and spiritual signs. There's a number of different ways that we could think about it and the signs of world politics. And in a way, that's what I was talking about earlier when we talked about Matthew chapter 24, verses 6 and 7, where it says, you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. But the Bible prophesies a very specific combination of events that will take place at the end, including it gives us a picture of Israel having been reestablished in Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 21 and 22, surrounded by hostile neighbors intent on its destruction. So when we ask and we answer the question, Ezekiel 35, verse 1, through Ezekiel 36, verse 7, and then fast forward Ezekiel 37 through 21 and 22, in the current circumstances that we find ourselves in, has Israel become a nation? Well, yeah. Are they surrounded by enemies? For the most part. And so there's signs in technology, signs in world politics, um, so technological signs, sociological signs, spiritual signs. But what's interesting to me, in part, excuse me, is the passage in Zechariah chapter 12, verse 3 where it says, and it shall come about in that day that I'll make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all the peoples. All who lift it will be severely injured, and the nations of the earth will be gathered against it. So in order for the prophecy of Zechariah to take place, there has to be an Israel, and there has to be a Jerusalem, and then there has to be a growing 
dissatisfaction that somehow Jerusalem stands at the center of global politics and then how the nations align for or against seem to give us a sense of what what's going to go what is is what's going to happen so the signs in one sense that relate to Israel see this is why so many people say why why are you christians so why do you have this preoccupation with Israel, Jerusalem, the Jew? In Luke chapter 21, verse 24, Jesus prophesies that the Jews would be dispersed from Jerusalem and that they would be led captive among the nations. But then he added that one day they would return to reoccupy Jerusalem. And when this happens, the end times events will occur that will lead to the return of Jesus. And so in 1948, you see this happen. In 1967, you see the reunification of the city. And so this becomes fairly important. And then in Luke chapter 21, verse 11, it says there will be, well, great earthquakes, and in various places, famines and pestilences. And that word pestilences is a word that we could use to describe, well, diseases, a pestilence, like a pandemic, and there will be terrors, and there will be great signs from heaven. And so that doesn't mean you interpret every single natural disaster as a sign that the end times are here, but there's this increase in natural disasters that, like I said earlier, seem to indicate what Jesus called birth pangs in Matthew chapter 24, verse 8. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains, he says. So the Bible lists positive signs and what we might call difficult signs, along with positive signs and spiritual signs. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, I've repeated it. It says in in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And they'll turn away from listening to the truth. And they'll wander off into myths. And so we discover at the end times, there's a growing group of false teachers. That means an increase in apostasy, heresy, deception, occultism. According to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4, <clears throat> there's depraved entertainment. In 2 Timothy 3.3 3 and Isaiah 5.20, 20, 
calling evil good and good evil. 2 Timothy 3.3, an increase in the use of drugs. 2 Timothy 3.2, an increase in blasphemy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, increasing paganism. 2 Timothy 3, 1, an increase in despair. Luke 21, 11, signs in the heavens. So in Joel chapter 28 and 29, it prophesies that there's going to be, well, an outpouring of God's Holy Spirit. Joel's prophecy was in part fulfilled on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verse 16, when Peter, of course, says, but this is what was uttered by the prophet Joel. And we see the effects of that outpour in revival, spirit-led Christian movements, and the worldwide preaching of the gospel message. So there are natural and spiritual signs in the broader culture. But the immorality that is rampant in our culture, and I'm going to suggest to you all the cultures of the world, is just a symptom. A symptom of what's always been. Man's rebellion against God. Does it seem appropriate to put it in that category? I think so. 303 873 1935. I'll be back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. If you'd like to join me on the number, on the number, if you'd like to join me on the program, the number is 303 873 1935. 303 873 1935. Happy to take your call. And we'll go back to uh, some of the headlines. Um, But, you know, um, is it possible to know when Jesus is coming back? And And the right answer has to be no. The scriptures are clear that um, we can't know the time of of Jesus's return, uh, specifically in Matthew chapter 25, verse uh, 13, but also in Matthew 24, <clears throat> verses 36 through 44, where it says, no one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven or the Son, but only the Father. Therefore, keep watch, because you don't know on what day your Lord will come. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. Now, at first glance, those verses would seem to provide clear and explicit answer to the question. No, no one can know when Jesus is coming back. However, those verses don't say that no one will ever be able to know when Jesus will return. Some Bible scholars would say that Jesus, now glorified in heaven, knows the timing of his return. And and so it is clear that Jesus... It, it, it doesn't mean that Jesus will never know. 
In addition, in Acts chapter 1, verse 7, when the disciples asked about his coming, he says, it's not for you to know the times or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority. Now, again, when did Jesus say that? When his disciples were asking him if he was going to restore the kingdom to Israel. And again, that would seem to confirm the message of Matthew chapter 24. It's not for us to know the timing of Jesus coming back, but also the question becomes this question of expectation, because in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 2 through 6, Paul writes, and he says, you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you like a thief. For you're all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night or darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. So again, the passage about thief in the night it proceeds to make it clear, again, for the pagan world, he comes like a thief, but not for the believer. His return to, isn't really much of a surprise. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. Let's see who's up. Um, Judith, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Good. Well, I I'm, I was just listening, driving along here, and and I wanted I really can I take issue with uh, the scripture that says, uh, "But no man knows the day or the hour." Sure, if you can make, but okay. no man knows the day or the hour means somebody knows the day and the hour. You can take issue with it, but it's fairly it's going to be a difficult okay. it's going to be well, a difficult wait, no, road just, to plow. Okay, well, what does the verse above that say? In Matthew chapter 24, here, let me get. Oh, it says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass Correct. away. But of that day and hour, no man knows, not even the angels of heaven. But is a conjunction word. And so, but what day are they talking about? Well, if you're asking and answering the question in its context <laughs> and suggesting um, suggesting that verse 35, that this is a reference to verse 35, that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. That's probably not the application of verse 36, but of that day and hour, no one knows. So the day and the hour that he's making reference to seems to be the day and the hour that he's been talking about in Matthew chapter 24. Not if you're if you're if you're suggesting if you're suggesting that of that day and hour, no one knows that that the day and the hour that he's making reference to is heaven and earth passing away. In other words, we're we're talking about uh, the. So if we're asking and answering the question. okay, the, 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 the destruction, if you will, of the universe. Right, right, and right. then the entry into the eternal state. So, so right. one one of two things 
might be true, okay? Let's just for purposes of discussion go with your exception and say he's talking about the destruction of the universe. Or he's talking about the timing of the return of Jesus. Okay. So, so let's see in context which seems to make more sense. The timing of the destruction of the universe or the coming back of Jesus. Now, we go back to what you just said, the context, and then Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 mm-hmm. through 44. But concerning the day, hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. Pause for a moment and just right. think about that for just a second. Is it possible that the glorified Jesus doesn't know the actual date of the consummation of the ages? No, I think he does. Yeah, and I think you're right. And then the next verse, for as it was in the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. So if let's, let's just for a moment ask and answer the question. In Jesus's conversation, it seems to shift to the coming of the Son of Man. So we have to ask and answer that question. What is Jesus making reference to when he says the coming of the Son of Man? And I think you know the answer. It's just the Son of Man is his favorite designation for himself. So again, he seems to be talking about the coming of the Son of Man. Now, again, right. like, like you indicated in, in its context, in Matthew chapter 24, beginning in verse 37, I had to turn there, but as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. So we know it's about the coming right. of the Son of Man. For as in the days yes, before yes. the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So, so apparently there's something else happening. And I'm going to suggest to you that it has to do with the timing of the return of Jesus, which is then reiterated in Acts chapter 1, verse 7. It's not for you to know the date that the Father is established by his own authority. I agree with that part. I agree with that part. Yeah. I just, I just, it's kind of like, you know, I, when I was reading it in context, and it says, but of that day. And so the verse right. before that says, I mean, do you see where I'm going? Sure, Which sure, sure. I... Because one of two things would be appropriate. He's talking about the consummation of the age, or he's talking about the coming of Jesus, which seems to make more sense in context. (laughs) Hey, I got to go, but thank you for your call. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. 303-873-1935. I'll be back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.